Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Tonight, I'm going to continue the uh, series that I'm doing with Paul. This is part seven. Now, last time we uh, talked about uh, when we became a Christian, at the point receiving God's free gift of salvation, we received the treasure. And now we have a personal relationship with our Creator. No matter where you were in life, whatever was done, God sees those things no more. And we are a new creation. And we are part of an awesome family. And like any other, it comes with amazing benefits. One being, in numbers there, is safety. And one of my favorites is now we have God's protection. And now we know we will be with the Lord in heaven for eternity as believers. And this Paul was trying to get across to the Colossians in the book that I covered last time. Now in 1 Thessalonians, I will share key verses and touch on four main points again. The time that it was written, the recipients of the letter, the purpose, and the primary theme. So let's start. This first letter to the Thessalonians was written in A.D. 51. Paul was a spiritual father to this young church. And Paul's purpose, like any father, was he wanted them to excel in other areas of the faith like increasing their, in their love for one another. To rejoice more of knowing what they have in Christ. To pray more. And to remember to give thanks always. The theme was not only Christ's return, but also the life of the believer in every practical relationship. The first key verse I see in chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians is verse 8. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out, so that we do not need to say anything. Now, as I read this, I didn't see it saying specifically this was by word or deed, but in my opinion, whichever way, I think they lived their faith in such a way that it was obvious to anyone around, to them, 
that they love Jesus. Now let me challenge you Christians. Are you a Christian only when you are in church? Do you just put on your best when you come to church? You say those Christian words. But when you leave this building or any church that you go to, you blend in with the world. Now, I'm not saying we Christians are to push Jesus down people's throats. I'm not saying that at all. But do we live our faith everywhere we go? Are we as Christians living our faith in such a way that people are seeing Jesus in us? Are they noticing something different about us? They may not know right away, but are they noticing that difference? And I understand not everyone is going to react in a nice way. But that should not keep us from living out our faith. John 15, 20 says, Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So it's okay. It shouldn't come to a surprise to us if we are persecuted. Jesus already warned us if we live our faith and don't hide it under a basket, we will be persecuted. So we're already pre-warned. Just think about some of the rewards when we are living our faith wherever we go. Think about some of the fruit that comes from that. An example, I worked in a company a few years ago, and I at that point in my life, I decided to live out my faith no matter what. You know, not in a pushy way but just being who God wanted me to be. Not knowing it at the time. But this Indian guy was watching me. He was watching everything I was doing. I had no idea. But I was just being as God wanted me to be. And one day he comes to me and asks if he could come to church with me. I said, no way, Durbeck. Now, I, I said... He ends up coming. He ends up coming. And he gets saved. He walks up here and receives Jesus Christ. Now being curious as I am, usually, I asked him what made him want to want to come to church with me. He says it was what I saw in you how you lived your life. 
And I wanted to see what it was, what it was all about for myself. That truly opened my eyes to how the Lord can use a person's life wherever you go. Just as long as this person is a willing vessel. Now understand, I'm not the type of person to be pushy. I've never been like that. As a matter of fact, I had somebody in my past try to do that to me and it pushed me the other direction. But what I try to do is speak to that person or those people in their language. I try to build a bridge with them. But I don't try to force it down their throat. A long story short, at this same company, after that, because someone else had it out for me because I was being a Christian, management calls me in the office and asks me if I would leave my Christianity at home. Well, I wasn't disrespectful. I told him, and it was HR, the manager, and a representative, this woman from HR. And I told him, I said, you asking me to not be a Christian is like me asking you and you to not be a man and a woman. Because Christianity is who I am. And if I told you anything else, and if I agreed with your terms, I'd be lying to you. Because it would be a promise I couldn't keep. Well, eventually, he found a loophole. And because this other person stood behind me, another manager or supervisor, we both were fired. With a package, of course. But we were fired. And you know what? I have no regrets at all. I have no regrets. As a matter of fact, he did me a, a, an amazing favor. As always, God turned that situation into something good. And if you're a person who hasn't been living out your faith as he or she should, let me encourage you. It's never too late. One example Pastor Joe has mentioned many times is uh, Tim Tebow. I think he is somebody that just lives his faith always. No matter what the media tries to do to him or say to him or rumors, he stands his ground and he just tells them in love. I think he's another great example of how we could be if we desire to be with God's help and strength. And as we go in chapter 2, right in the first part of this chapter, Paul says in verses 1 and 2, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully threatened or treated, at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God 
to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. Let's pray for ourselves to have this kind of boldness, that even in conflict, it doesn't stop you from doing what God calls you to do. Even after facing persecution for living his faith, Paul, he still continued what he was called to do. To stand no matter the circumstances. Then Paul says in chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness. God is witness. Nor do we seek glory from men, either from you or from others. When we might have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you. Just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. Now, for those who know me, Know that I don't mind giving, I'll give compliments when due, but I'm not the type of guy that will give it just to get his way. I'm very honest. Um, I don't use flattering words. If God wants me to have it, I'll have it. I totally trust him with it. Or I do not. And I will not ever seek glory from man. I just won't do it. You know, we can be kind to people, but we can also be firm. When it comes to living as Jesus would want us to live, Christians need to stop trying to avoid hurting someone's feelings. Or even having our own feelings hurt. And look at Jesus. He's always the best example we could have as Christians is that Jesus took a lot of abuse. And if you are, if you're looking at that, you know, my feelings got hurt, if you are, you're you're taking it personal. And it's not personal. you got to remember, we are just the messengers. And it's between them and God. It's not, it's not about us. We need to speak the truth like Jesus out of love for others. Just like Paul, and like I said, most importantly, like Jesus. And one thing we can do is pray for one another as Paul prayed here in chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. That's chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. Starting with verse 11. 
Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that you may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Paul prayed that our love as Christians would grow to increase. Not only for one Christian to another, but for everyone. For Christians and for non-Christians. Now let me challenge you by asking you this question. Are you praying for this kind of love for yourself? Do you ask the Lord for your love to increase for others? We can easily love those who love us. But what takes God's strength is loving those who hate us. That we need the Holy Spirit to do through us. You know, maybe, just maybe, if you had more of this kind of love, you might not have treated that person the way you did the other day. Or just maybe, you would have told that person the other day, about the love of Christ. Because the love for that person will outweigh any lame excuse you might have. Any excuse is lame. Because you've got to remember, as a believer now, you have the Holy Spirit in you. He'll give you the words, and he'll give you the strength to do so. And you need to pray for that love to grow. In 1 Corinthians, which many people have heard this at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8, says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. It doesn't mean for ourselves that by trying this, by doing it, we're not going to make mistakes along the way. And that's okay. But I'd rather have that love into maybe making a mistake trying than to not have that love 
or even have that love and making the mistake of doing nothing. Now let's continue. Now in 1 Thessalonians 4, and what I see as a key verse is, are 13 through 18. Verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, ununiformed or unknowing, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with a trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we, who are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. As Paul wanted the Thessalonians to know and understand, Christians today can have the same understanding. And what understanding is that? Glad you asked. To understand as Christians, even for those Christians who went before us, especially those who are close to us, to understand this, Show the image, please. That's what we have to look forward to. I mean, it's going to be probably even better than that. But that's the return. Jesus is in right in the middle. And we're all, believers, all the believers are going to be reunited again. Tell me that's not amazing hope. Something to look forward to. It's the time of the rapture. It's God's promise that Jesus is going to return for each and every one of us. Those who have gone before us and those of us who are still here. But yet we're going to all be united together one day again with Jesus. And that's the hope we Christians can all lean on and count on and look forward to. I believe that should comfort us. Should comfort us. And what a glorious day that's going to be. But unlike the world, anyone putting their trust in this place, this world, will be disappointed in so many ways. They are hopeless without Jesus. They are without hope 
And sadly, one of the reasons why so many are choosing to take their own lives. And as a believer, this hope, it's something we can lean on throughout our lives here. But we should be sharing this hope with those who don't know about it, or don't believe it. It's a treasure. Who doesn't, we should be sharing a treasure that we have. What good is a treasure if we, don't have, we can't share it with someone? And we can lean on this no matter what we're going through in our lives. This, those that we miss when life gets really tough, just know that us as Christians are just passing through. And we have something so wonderful to look forward to that it, we're just, this is not it. This is just a scratch on the surface. And then finally in chapter 5, Paul finishes by, finishes by reminding the Christians that we Christians are of the light and not of darkness. Now I'm not going to go read it from word for word, so I ask you in your own time to read that chapter, but as a whole, the chapter speaks about being a light, that us Christians are a light in darkness and not of darkness. And we should be a light wherever we, go, wherever we are. Wherever we go, we should be a light. We need to not be lazy. To remember that Jesus' return is going to be like a thief in the night. Pastor Joe just spoke about this on Sunday. But we need to be prepared as Christians. You know, are we prepared? Are we ready for his return? Can we say to ourselves if we return right now that we did what he asked us to do while we were here? Is he going to say, good and faithful servant? But knowing, knowing that he can return at any time, shouldn't that motivate us? Shouldn't that be motivating us somehow? Especially those that we love so much. Now in closing, Let's pray we become more of a light in this dark world. As you can see, it's pretty dark. There are so many people out there who are so lost. And we need to be a light. We need to be a light. And share what we can as much as we can to that person. Because you never know, maybe we would just that we were the only one that they were going to have that opportunity to know about Jesus. Just don't know. And again, I'm not saying be pushy. What I am saying is pray for opportunities. 
and just take that opportunity to share with someone. And let's pray for not only a continuing increase of love for our fellow Christian, but for our love to grow for those other people, especially the unsaved, especially those who may not like you, or you may not like so much either. Believe me, I struggle with that. My wife and I, the other day, uh, just today, we were out to lunch. We both work in uh, New Brunswick. And we're walking down the street. We just stopped off at a farmer's market. And we're walking down. And I'm, you know, my wife and I are holding hands. And all of a sudden, I feel a pull. She's talking to her homeless lady. She introduces herself. And I believe her name was Eileen. And we just spoke to her. And it was amazing, her story. She went through a really bad divorce. You know, um, lawyer fees, you name it, she lost everything. 11 years she's been living on the street. 11 years. And you know what? My wife and I have been working, she's been working there for many years, and she saw her there all the time, but we just never walked up to her, and it was like, shame on us. And we finally walked, you know, she walked up, and then I just, she kind of pulled me over. But it was amazing, because she just needed somebody to talk with. And I'm going to say that that's just the beginning of a bridge. That it's going to be more opportunities. I, mean, I want to take more opportunity now. She's right, she sits right on a bench in front of a new building I just moved in with my company. So it's opportunities like that. Are we we're looking for that opportunity? You know? They're just sitting there. Her whole life is in a shopping cart. Her whole life. And she sounded like a really smart lady. She just had some bad breaks. Now, no matter how many times we are disappointed in this world, no matter what brings us down, no matter what you've been through, circumstances in your life, past or present, As Christians, we can lean on that hope. We can lean on the Lord. But we can also lean on that hope of knowing what's coming. And I'll tell you, with everything that's going on in the other countries, time's getting short. And that one company that was just in the newspaper about the chip in the hand, it's coming. It's all coming together. But are we ready? And then remember, as Christians, we're just passing through. We're just passing. And one day, Jesus is going to return for his people. And then we're going to be all reunited again, which is going to be amazing. I sit and sometimes I, I just dream about it and I just think about it. and It's just amazing. That's why I want everyone that I love so much to be there with me. I don't want them to miss out. That's good for believers, though. But now, what about those who don't believe? Again, they don't have any hope. What do they have to look forward to? 
why people have taken their lives. You know, you put your hope in this world, it's going to bring you down. It's going to make you depressed. You know, and this world is very depressing because you see where it's going to begin with. And if you're listening on a CD right now or on the, you know, on the web or here right now that never really maybe you heard the gospel or you know, or, or you heard it and you're it, God is tugging at your heart. That means he's, you're being drawn. Know this, that tomorrow is not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. Again, I told this story a little while ago, you know, a few teachings back, but there was this, this man I met when we first got to this church that he was, ho he was always at the front door. He was a greeter. Always a smile. And there was one Sunday that he was here, and we said goodbye, bye-bye. He left, he got in a car accident, and got killed. That fast. I couldn't believe it. But you know what comforted me is that I knew that one day we're going to see him again. We're going to see him. But your life could be ended that quickly, and I'm not there to scare you. I'm sure everybody knows that, but there's no guarantee for anything. Don't think because you're young or wherever you're at that you have plenty of time because it's not a guarantee. So what I want to do right now is that I want to pray a prayer. Salvation is only a prayer away. Jesus did it all for you already. He paid a debt that we could have never repaid. But it had to be done by someone who is sinless. And what I want to do now is pray this prayer. And it's not, it's not the power of the prayer. It's the power of the heart. It's what you, you're speaking to Jesus. So you mean it in your heart. Jesus will enter your heart. And he will come in. So I want to pray this prayer. And if you really mean it and you want to, just repeat it. Lord God, I come to you now. I realize I am a sinner in need of salvation. I ask now that you would come into my life, that you would come into my heart and change me from the inside out. Make me a new creation. May I not be the same as I am today, tomorrow. I want to receive you now. I ask that you come into my life and become my Lord and Savior. I love you, and I thank you for dying on the cross for me. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. 
and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.